Ghostbusters. <laughs> that, of course, is the theme song for the movie Ghostbusters. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 40 of Exactly Enough Time. podcast is about being present. It is also about living playfully and other things like curiosity, happy colors, and connection. I am a life enthusiast and a believer, and I love to talk about people, places, and things. Listen up. I think you're going to find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. So for those listening that happen to be close in age to me, you'll remember the original Ghostbusters movie that was released on June 8th, 1984. It was so much fun. Ghostbusters was the first comedy film to employ expensive special effects. I bet you can picture one or two of those now. There was concern about the budget those effects would require, but everyone was pleasantly surprised as the movie received critical acclaim for its deft blend of comedy, action, horror, and of course, Bill Murray. <laughs> he was one of three parapsychologists who started a ghost-catching business in New York City. Ghostbusters became a cultural phenomenon. It's the second highest grossing film of that year and the highest grossing comedy of all time at that point. It was actually the number one film in theaters for seven consecutive weeks and was one of only four films to gross more than a hundred million that year. So, so it really has not a lot to do with Halloween. Happy Halloween, by the way. Happy ghost busting. But it is a movie and music that I associate with this holiday. I do hope that you get a few ghosts at your door tonight. But Google actually predicts more witches, Spider-Mans, as usual, dinosaurs, the large inflatable kind, and anyone dressed up like descendants. Lots of descendants costumes are predicted. Anyway, whatever you get, I hope you stay safe and make some great memories. I actually want to talk today about memories and specifically where our memories are stored and how they are retrieved and how we can get better at that retrieval process. Because the better we remember our memories, the more detail and specifically the more sensory detail that we can recall, the more interesting and personal our stories become. But before we talk about memory retrieval, I want to review with you some ideas around memory encoding. And I will link in the show notes to the source of this information. But memory encoding is that crucial first step to creating a new memory. 
Okay, it allows the perceived item of interest to be converted into a construct that can then be stored within our brains and then recalled later from either short-term or long-term memory. So encoding is a biological event that begins with perception through our senses. And the process of laying down a memory begins with attention. <gasps> Hence the importance of being present and paying attention to the world around us and specifically the people around us that we love and want to remember. So when we are surrounded or involved in a memorable event, primarily, primarily because we choose to be involved, what happens is our neurons are caused to fire more frequently. And that makes the experience more intense and increases the likelihood that that event, moment, experience will be encoded. Okay, it's that encoding process. And we have the opportunity to influence that, to improve it, to increase it. I think that's so cool. Studies suggest, okay, that the characteristics of the environment are encoded as part of the memory trace and therefore can be used to enhance retrieval of other information in the trace. So in other words, you can recall more when the environments are similar in both the learning, the encoding process, and the recall phase or retrieval process. You're like, what, Stacy? why do we care? It's Halloween, I have a bunch to get done today. This is why we care. Because Halloween is the best time to remember Halloween. Because the characteristics of the environment are more likely to be similar, right? Even if a lot has changed, the very fact that you're experiencing Halloween today is, has primed your ability, if you will, primed the pump that has to churn in order for you to retrieve in specific details Halloween that happened in your past life. Okay, so let's start a Halloween story. I want to walk you through the process that I use in live classes to help people remember with a lot of sensory specificity. Did I say that right? Specific, okay, I can't say that word. <laughs> the word, my friends, is specificity. There, I did it. Okay. <laughs> so I want you to imagine for a minute that your brain, and this is not scientifically accurate, okay, but it's a really good analogy for our purposes as memory makers and memory keepers and those who want to be memory retrievers. Imagine that your brain is like an attic and it is stacked from floor to ceiling with all different sizes of cardboard boxes. Some of these boxes are really, really big and some of them are just teeny tiny and they're crammed in every corner and every inch of space. Some of them look like they've been opened recently. Some of them are taped closed and shoved in the far back corner, okay? But just imagine that your brain is like an attic 
And so all of the information, meaning all of the experiences, the relationships, the the conversations, um, the things you've learned, the scary things, Halloween, the the happy things, the big moments, the little moments, it's all there. It's encoded in, um, you know, varying degrees of intensity, but it's all there. We have an amazing brain that will allow us to retrieve detailed information. It's a process that we can, like I already said, practice and get better at. So I know that you've had um, an experience like me. Maybe you're listening to the radio. We, I've done an episode on the power of music to help us remember things, to recall you know, places and people and emotions. But maybe you're just driving down the street and you see a billboard or maybe you're having a conversation with a friend. Maybe you walk past a bakery and smell something. Um, and, and immediately, right, your, your brain, you recall something very specific. Um, and, but, but you don't really know what to do with it, right? You just have like a flash of a thought and you're like, oh, that reminds me of, right? Or, oh, wait oh, this is so weird. And, and sometimes we call these moments of intense recollection deja vu. But what's happening in our very simplified analogy is one of the boxes in the attic has popped open, right? Something has triggered a specific bit of information. And memories are stored uh, together. There are relational neurological hooks that are placed in these constructs, okay, that we encode. So they belong together. So for example, in your attic, you probably have a box that's labeled your mom, and you have a box that is labeled elementary school. You might have a box that's labeled third grade and fourth grade, right? You definitely have a box labeled Halloween. And so when something triggers a memory, that box is opened and it's almost as if, uh, you know, it spills over and all these little individual memories fall out onto the floor. And because we normally don't know what to do, we just kind of ignore the process and things get put back in the box and it kind of gets put back, you know, shoved back in the corner again. But if we will pay attention and be a little more present with this process, then when that box spills open and those little nuggets of of memory fall on, on the floor of the attic, we can pick those up and we can say, oh, I remember this, you know? We can almost greet that recollection with um, anticipation and welcome it so that we can say, what, what else is in that box? Let me see. And we can actually get good at unpacking other related memories. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? So I want to help you do this with Halloween today since it's Halloween and it's okay if you listen to this episode after Halloween or if you listen to it next summer sometime, okay? The important thing is that you um, practice with me this process of retrieval. Now, here's the super cool thing um, about this process. It doesn't take a long time, okay? We often compare our brains to supercomputers. They are incredibly 
fast. So I actually started to teach these ideas um, a long time ago when I was editor of Simple Scrapbooks magazine and we created a product called Two Minute Memories because I could teach this retrieval process in two minutes. Not only teach it, but allow someone to experience it and to begin to record the results of the retrieval. And we at the magazine created these little paper scrapbooks um, that we sold. Kathy Zilski designed them. They were in a variety of different colors and they had just this little fold out piece of paper that kind of guided you through the process in a super simplified way. And then more recently in 2017, I developed um, a similar product and that is the Story Starter Kit. And I talk about it a lot on this show because I share these kits, um, Close to My Heart sponsors me in sharing these kits with those of you that leave me speak pipe messages and then I play those messages. So what I'm sharing with you today is really the the foundation or the the process, the science behind what um, is now part of the Story Starter Kit, okay? It started out as two minute memories and it's something that I've been teaching for years so I know it works totally know it works. So if we were going to have you, now if you're driving or if you're walking or or folding laundry, please don't close your close your eyes <laughs> because that could be dangerous. But generally, if I were to walk a group of people through this process, I would have them sit and take a couple of deep cleansing breaths and just relax their mind and try to just center their focus and um, on the present moment. And I would have them close their eyes and I would begin to ask them some questions around that specific topic that they want to remember. Okay, so in our case, um, because Halloween is today and there's there's an environment conducive to thinking about and remembering Halloween, I would have you focus on Halloween. And then I would begin to ask you some questions questions are key to the retrieval process they are the co- the cues or the triggers okay and you can ask questions of yourself okay you don't have to have someone do this to you or with you this is totally something that you can learn and then practice on yourself so i might say when you think of halloween where are you ah <gasps> And then I would ask questions like, who are you with? Now, here's another thing that's interesting about the brain and retrieval. Your brain isn't going to retrieve one specific Halloween event. It's when you say, where are you? You're going to have multiple things that come to the surface of your mind, right? I'm, I'm in my fourth grade classroom and we're about to have the costume parade, or I'm at my sister's house and we're hosting, you know, the couple's Halloween party, or I'm at, you know, trunk or treat at, at my church and I decorate the back of my van. So your, your brain will retrieve all of these specific places that you associate with Halloween. And same thing when I say, who are you with? You'll have lots of different memories that surface or that can surface the better you get at practicing this process. I think it's akin to when you pull out your Christmas decorations in one or two or 15 or 20 (laughs) Christmas decoration boxes, right? You have all the decorations that you have collected over the years. 
Let's just say you have one for the simplicity of my little analogy. Let's say you have one big box that you store your Christmas decorations in. They're all there. And when you pull them out, when you retrieve them to put out for this current Christmas season, you're accessing decorations that you've stored over the last maybe, you know, three, five, 10, 15, 50 years of Christmas. They all go in the same box. And that's how your brain stores these bits of sensory memory. So they're retrieved all together. So then what I do in the two minute memory process or, or what I do when I'm leading someone through this, this story starter um, class is that I, I ask them several questions while they're focused, while they're relaxed, while they're, their eyes closed. And then I ask them to open their eyes and as fast as they can, write down everything that came to mind. Not trying to organize it in any fashion, but just writing it down. Every word, every name, every place, every specific, not sentences, okay? Again, we're not elaborating and we're not organizing. We're just brain dumping because then we'll go back and try to create some sense out of all of that. Now, I actually did this process to myself last year. Um, just before Halloween. Okay, so the environment is still conducive to Halloween. There's pumpkins on the porch and there's the pumpkin candle burning and there's the decorations around me and I close my eyes and I ask myself questions about Halloween and I retrieved all kinds of bits and pieces and details. And then I was able to compile those into a little Halloween story starter. So what I wanna do with you today for the rest of our time together is just share some of the incredibly detailed memories that came back to my mind and why this is such an important process when you want to be a memory keeper, okay? Now, I will share or post a photo of the story starter workbook in the show notes at stacyjulian.com so that you can, if you want to, see the messy goodness that is my retrieval and organization of these random Halloween memories that I unpacked. Okay, and I'm not gonna share all of the memories in my little scrapbook album, just a few. And it's important to note that what I read or share has already been organized and prioritized, okay? So after you retrieve bits, you get to decide how to clean them up and how to present them. I like to organize um, similar recollections together. So once I have kind of this big messy list, then I look for bits and pieces that are similar. My brain will show me very specific detailed instances So for example, um, memories of specific costumes that I have worn or that I have created or contributed to. Um, And then it's my job to take those little instances and group them together under the category or the cluster called costumes, okay? So what what I like to do then is organize these similar um, collections and handwrite a sentence or two on each page of my album and then illustrate those memories, that little cluster of memories with one or two or more photos. 
So this process, you guys, if you are a scrapbooker at all or familiar with sort of traditional scrapbooking, is kind of backwards, right? In scrapbooking, we start with the pictures and we identify who's in them and where it was taken and we write some details about the picture itself and often we give it context, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's just very kind of a brief who, what, where, right? Um, But this process starts with the memories and builds into these little clusters that become a story, become a story, your story about Halloween or whatever topic you're choosing to to focus on. And then you go find photos to illustrate the memories. That's so different and so liberating and um, so effective in terms of really getting to what is unique um, to you, right? Because you're starting with those memories that you excavate or unpack and then going and getting the photos to illustrate them. Okay, so after you've opened up this box in your attic of memories and um, begun this unpacking process, I just want you to make you, I want to make you aware of one other thing that I just thought is that this process, this retrieval process can and likely will continue for hours or even days. So I tell you, you can do it in two minutes. You can ask yourself some questions and literally create a list of five to 10 to 15 or more, right? Specific little detailed memories. But once you've invited that box to open and you've started to ask questions and unpack it, for days, sometimes for me, I will recollect things that are related right to the box that I've opened and it's such a fun thing to experience so just prepare to to as you practice this prepare to experience that and revel in it be grateful for it and and honor it by writing those things down adding those things to your list okay and you can even ask, I love to talk to my brain, kind of like ask, what else is in that box? What else are you finding? What are the details under that detail? I know it sounds totally silly, but as one memory comes forth, I often talk to it like, hello, memory. (laughs) Hello, little random moment. What else can you tell me about you? So there really is an art to remembering, and the more you practice it, the better you get at it. Okay. All right. Stacy's going to dive into her little Halloween uh, story starter and just share some of the things that surfaced for me. First of all, Halloween is all about the costumes. It's about choosing a costume, making it from scratch, or finding elements, perfect elements, at the thrift store. It's about dressing up with someone else, preferably with a theme. I absolutely love thinking about and creating costumes taking pictures of them, and then remembering the fun of pretending to be someone or something you're not. So I have this recollection, which I have not documented, of a good friend of mine, Heidi. She, um, We were very good friends in high school, and then we lived apart for years in the same state, but not close together. And she has recently moved to Spokane, so I get to see her more often. Heidi and I, in high school, you guys, were Siamese twins. This was not my costume. I don't know where she obtained it, but it was bright green. I can picture this in my mind. Just as I'm reading you 
you know, this, this thought, this, these sentences that I wrote about Halloween, my brain is unpacking the box, just like I told you what happened. And I have this image of, of this costume that Heidi and I wore together. It was kind of like a big wraparound shirt. So you would put in one arm and then she would put in an arm and she would put in her other arm. And then I would put in my arm. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I know but it had a big belt and we wore these funny pantaloons, but we were we were tied together and so we managed to get permission and i don't know if we really had permission from our teachers that day at high school i think we probably had one or two classes together but then we took turns going to the other classes as siamese twins because we could not be separated duh we were siamese twins anyway it's just so fun also in my little book I wrote, Halloween is exponentially more fun if A, you're a kid, or B, you have a kid. I remember as a kid the anticipation of the elementary school costume parade, clamoring at someone's door for candy and passing big groups of other kids who were trick-or-treating. I was so excited to dress my little boy, my first little boy, in his caveman costume. (laughs) And now, 25 years later, I'm looking back on a photo of two little pirates who became later Peter Pan and his shadow. So once you begin to unpack these specific memories and you group them together and write about them, some at some point in that process, your brain will remind you of the photos you've taken. And at least for me, quite often, I think of a specific photo and then I have the opportunity to go find it. Again, kind of a backwards process, but I can find a photo to illustrate what I have retrieved from my memory bank or my memory box, as I should say. Okay, another page in my little book says Halloween is clearly about the candy. As a girl, I loved getting it, dumping it out, organizing it, making really good trades with my brothers, and then eating it. But I would hide my candy in my bedroom closet. We lived in an old house, and I actually had like a little hidden compartment. Maybe at one point it was for jewelry or something. I don't know. But in the side of my closet, if I crawled up on top, I could open this little, you know, storage shelf and I would stash my candy there. So I wrote, I would hide my candy in my bedroom closet and try to make it last until Easter. When my kids bring home their candy, they must pay a mommy tax of an almond joy or a Reese's. Okay, so if you're not collecting mommy tax on the candy that your kids bring home, you are totally entitled to that. I don't know if you've known that before today, but you absolutely can, uh, yeah, tax the, the candy that comes into your home. All right, just so you know. Okay, another page in my little book reads, Halloween is for parties. I had a Halloween party when I was a freshman in high school, and I helped my kids host one at that same age, too. Then there's trunk or treats, where you decorate the back of your van, and plenty of opportunities to volunteer as the mom at school parties. Must-haves, dry ice and candy corn. Must-do, play the black magic game. All right, you guys. If you have yet to taste... 
candy corn that that is manufactured by the Jelly Belly Candy Company, you must do this as soon as humanly possible. Okay, <laughs> I looked it up just to make sure that I was going to tell you the right brand, and it is. It's the Jelly Belly Candy Company, and I looked it up. It says, we don't just do jelly beans. For over 100 years, Jelly Bellies has made and perfected melt-in-your-mouth candy corn. Our candy corn has a rich vanilla mellow cream taste and perfect texture for an experience that others simply can't match. And I can attest to this. And just buying a package of these Jelly Belly candy corns, totally worth it. It it should be something you treat yourself with on Halloween, totally worth the calories and the sugar high and the potential headache that follows. I'm just telling you that along with the mommy tax of a couple almond joys. That is my Halloween game plan. Okay. And then I have to tell you one more thing before I wrap up and that is how to play the black magic game. Now, this is such a fantastic way to honor your co-host. So let's say you're throwing a party with your spouse or a good friend or with your teenager. Okay. I've done this with my teenagers and you want to make your party co-host just look amazing. Then you play black magic and this is how it works. Okay. You tell everyone that this person has magical powers. Okay. That they can read your mind and read other minds in the room. So you have someone pick out an item in the room. It can be anything. It can be a piece of decor. It can be, you know, structurally a part of like the fireplace. It can be books. It can be clothing that someone else is wearing. It literally can be anything in the room. You have a party attendee pick an item and they tell you, okay, And then you test the powers of your co-host and you point to various items in the room and you say, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? And then magically, when you point to the thing that that person has pre-selected, right? Then your your co-host says, that's it. (gasps) And everyone wonders, how is this happening? Like truly, how is this happening? Okay, well... The answer is in the name Black Magic. Okay, so you and your co-host have this agreement that when you point to something black, okay, in the room, the next thing that you point to will be the thing that the person is quote unquote thinking of. I hope I explained that right or correctly or in a way that you can understand because it's seriously such a fun game and especially for teens and it works for adults too, but it tricks people and it takes them a while. So the purpose of the party goers is to figure out how this person, right, is reading your mind and to figure out what the trick is. And it's just so fun because the secret is in the black magic. You point to something black, the next thing you point to will be the thing right? That you're revealing to your magic, you know, your, your co-host that possesses these Halloween, you know, mind reading skills. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to be present with this holiday today. And I want you to create fun and memories for yourself and for your family. And I want you to recognize the opportunity you have to open up your Halloween box and let a few things spill out that you can share with others. Maybe you'll suggest that you sit down and watch the cartoon, The Headless Horseman together. 
Okay, that's totally like from 1949 and scared the pants off me when I was a little girl. Maybe you'll just make everybody in your family recite the Five Little Pumpkins poem. Five little pumpkins sitting on the gate. First one said, my, it's getting late. Second one said, there are witches in the air. Third one said, yeah, but I don't care. Fourth one said, let's run, run, run. Fifth one said, time for Halloween fun. What if you made everybody say that before you fed them so that they could go outside and get their candy? Take something from your box and share it with the people you love. Maybe you'll play them a fun song like this. Whatever you do, have a fabulous Halloween and take lots of pictures. And thank you for making time for me today. I'm going to play you a fun speak pipe message that came in last week. Stacy, my name is Whitney Perrin. I just wanted to take the time today to tell you how much I enjoy your podcast, Exactly Enough Time. It's always so positive and uplifting. It's a bright spot in my week. Your joyfulness and positive attitude are contagious, in a good way, of course. I'm all caught up on the episodes, and I wanted to say that one of my favorites has been the episode on practicing gratitude. I have completed Kathy Zilski's project several times now and look forward to participating again this year. Thank you again for spreading sunshine, and I can hardly wait for your next episode. Whitney, thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I so appreciate you and everyone else for listening. I will be sending Whitney a story starter kit that she can use to document her Halloween memories or anything else she chooses. And thanks, Whitney, for reminding us that Kathy Zilski's 30 Days of Thankful kicks off officially tomorrow. And I wanted to make sure that everyone heard that Allison in Minnesota won the awesome prize of all of the products that I have designed with Close to My Heart in the Story by Stacy Collection. So congratulations to Allison. You guys, you have exactly enough time for the most important things in your life. So go and get it done. I'll be back next week with another episode of Exactly Enough Time. Thank you.